Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tooth Holder and Jenny Eclair here with Older and Wider. Do you see what we did? You might think, oh, don't they mean older and wiser? No, we're doing a funny. Do you get it? A little funny spin on kind of being older. Yeah. What it's like to be middle-aged and invisible and... And fill our chairs. And fill our chairs. Fill our chairs. Oh, don't we fill them? I do fill a chair now. You're quite right. Wow, yeah, you both, just looked at me, didn't you, when I said We're both wedged that? in our chairs wedged. in this studio. Have you ever sat in a chair that you find it difficult to get out of? I've done that. little wooden chair. Mm. Uh, you know, like a child's chair. Mm. Victorian ceiling. Yes, ceiling. yes. Stand, put your bottom in. Dreadful. Stand up. Oh, what's on, what am I carrying away with me? <laughs> Away the chair. Oh, yeah, it's happened to me. Stools are a problem as well, aren't they? High bar stools. I mean, not that I ever go in bars, but don't you I find won't those go are a in those places. Now? When I look at somewhere with, you know, a coffee place, yeah, or whatever, and they've only got the high stools, I think no, I'm walking on. I'd no, rather walk on than high stools because your because your feet would probably dangle as well. I wouldn't a tiny they? child. No, and you've got bags up, but you've got you've got your shopping bags. You've got your, you know, you've got your laptop. You've got a huge handbag. Can't, can't have it all on your knee. Can't no. have it on the floor. What no. are you meant to do no. with it? I want a, I want a floor level you chair. Do, we do. What's our feet on the ground? I don't want and anything. I'm going to get dizzy on. Join in at home. Clap along. <laughs> Tap your foot. Bounce your knees up and down. That's what Judith I am. Doing. I am. I am. It's Judith, very jolly. Judith is grooving. Grooving. She's also just grooving. Polished her glasses <sighs> on the hem of her frock. I Do you know, know the other day hot. I tweeted that sometimes when I'm having a long, relaxed wee, you know, sitting <laughs> there. Yeah, sitting there, you think, what else can I do while I'm sitting here? Yeah. I polish my glasses on my knickers. Do you? <laughs> I do, yeah. What, on the gusset? Not on the gusset. Why would I do that? On the silky silky do fabric. Do you? Yeah. That's a very interesting bit of multitasking. Isn't it just? I think that's what we've got to do. I was thinking of getting some chamois knickers. <laughs> a pair of large... I think you could market them. Chamois knickers. What for, What else would you use them for? Well, you could, uh, you know, like when when you're in the bathroom and you look at your mirrors and you think, wait, they need, need a, a bit quick of polish up. as well. Yeah, the, yeah, chamois knickers, that's what we all My need. My God, you're short of things to do, aren't you? You must be so short of stuff to do. I must be very unemployed. Well, well, that's what kind of what I mean. But that's why we've created this know, podcast, it is, it hasn't is. it? Don't tell them that. It's getting um, us off the street. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be boot shoplifting. I don't hang around when I'm having a wee. What do you mean a long, relaxing wee? Oh, sometimes you just think I need to sit down. I need to sit down. I need to micturate. Which is a grown-up word for weeing. Weeing, it is, isn't it? Isn't it a horrible word? I don't know. Sometimes I think, well, here I am micturating. What else can I do? Bear with us. Uh, This is Judith Holder and myself, Jenny Eclair, and we're here to give you about 40 minutes of quality podcasting. (sighs) Going well so far. Listen, it's January. Everything's really tough, isn't it? It's tough, but we are going to concentrate for a little while on Reasons to be cheerful. I love that phrase. It's very, well, obviously it's Ian Jury, isn't it? Don't yes. you love that song? 
reasons to. I liked "Hit Me with Your Rhythm Stick." I like that well. too. Yeah. I like. I liked the intro. I'd love to have seen him live. Wouldn't bad you? tempered man. Very bad tempered. Oh, I'm man. sure. Mm-hmm. Terribly dysfunctional in terms of his relationship with women. I'm sure. But bloody hell, I'd like to have seen him live. Yeah, yeah. A polio victim like my mum. But she wasn't True. a punk artist. She she gave up on that. She decided not she, to do it. She decided to she? be an army wife instead. Right. She thought, I'm not doing new boots and panties and things like that. That was the name <laughs> of one of his albums, by the way. I'm just dropping stuff in to be cool. Um, yes. So what are your reasons to be cheerful? Uh, I've seen some snowdrops. <gasps> I have actually in your own back garden, or did you filter uh, them from a yes, park? Yes, that well, they're very small in the back garden, but there's some big ones up round the corner. Apparently, there is some sort of brutish variety oh. which comes up before all the others. That is a sort of mutant snowdrop, oh. um, but I love it when the snowdrops come up. I yes. know that sounds really, really a, dull, no, doesn't no, it? No, it's a sign of optimism. It I will is. give you snowdrops as one of your... Thank you. How many reasons to be cheerful have you got? I've got three, but <laughs> it's quite a short list. We can list expand. Trailer. Quite a short um, list. I, my list is short as well, but I'm going to read something that is uh, has given me reason to be cheerful because this is a beautiful quote. Sounds a bit like do... thought for the day now, Jenny. Don't Steady on. do this kind of thing. No, you don't, do you? Something I'm really a bit worried. slap people, actually. Mm. Get the slapping hand out. The slapping hand. Um, Go on, then. Anyway, this... OK, it's a quote, a passage from Under Milk Wood. I'm struggling now because I've got my headphones on to trap my glasses and I can't leave <laughs> my glasses on. But I'll, OK, give me a go. Okay, quote from under a passage from Under Milk Wood. There is vitriol and hatred and division and bile here, but there is also an imperfect patchwork of small, beautiful scraps. Seek them out. Cover your knees with the quilt of them. It's all we can do just now. Oh, isn't that? My goodness, that's very apt, isn't it? In it pertinent. In it pertinent. In it. In it. Came up on my Twitter line. Sometimes it's not all hate and vitriol and horror and and Catholic boys behaving peculiarly in MAGA hats and then people saying, actually, they weren't behaving that badly. Don't know what to think anymore. Move on. Yes, I like the fact that it's an imperfect patchwork as well. It's really, it's very, very uplifting. It makes you want to read the rest of Under Milk Wood, doesn't Mm. it? Or listen to it. No, not really. Absolutely. Mm. It's a beautiful day, Judith. Yes, that always cheers me up. Always Uh, cheers me up. What else is making, is giving you joy at the moment and cheering you up? Call the midwife is back. Yes. I enjoyed that on Sunday night. I thought, you know, I I put the remote control on my chair. I want a full picture of this. Okay, right. So have you already eaten by the time you get to the chair? No, but the supper's on. Uh, Oh, supper's on? Supper's on. (gasps) And it's fish pie night. Oh. So it's very easy. It's a... I haven't made the fish pie. Don't be ridiculous. Bought one. Bought fish pie. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm very excited about it. I have positioned the remote control in my chair so Jeff can't even get it first. I've got (laughs) got it. And it's eight o'clock, and I've had my bath and fresh. I'm in clean pajamas. Oh, are you? Are you dressing gown? I've almost come. Let's face (laughs) it. Um, and then I turn on Call the Midwife, and Jeff's very good at this point. He brings me a glass of wine, and when the beeper goes, he brings me my fish pie. I'm in absolute heaven. Wow. It's a struggle to eat the fish pie when eat the fish pie when you're watching Annette Crosby have a very open wound dressed. <laughs> but, you know, and I have to say, Annette Crosby, I think, is a bit of an underrated actress mm. in our country because, oh, I cried, I cried. Did, cry. did you? Well, that's part of it, isn't it? I mean, you've got to. That's what they're. Yes, that's, that's what they're it, isn't it? Yeah. Of course, it yeah. is. If this script doesn't make you cry, go yeah. back, write another yeah. one. Why? Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that I have to be cheerful about, I might share this with you. I've go got. On, you look a mon- bit. You look a bit worried about it. I'm not worried. I've got monkey nuts mm. in my handbag. Monkey nuts in your handbag. Yeah. Do you know why? 
Well, well, hold on a minute. Monkey nits. A monkey nits. Those funny things. Not those monkey nits. No, I don't want monkey. <laughs> a monkey nits. Those funny things that we used to have before, before packets of peanuts that you had to take the show. Don't say penis in this on this podcast. <laughs> I can't talk. This you've morning. already said. You've already said Terrible. monkey nits and I penis. Can't, I can't. What's wrong with my teeth? I don't want monkey nits and I don't want monkey penises so on the podcast. You do mean so? So now Jenny is getting out of tragic. Bit of tissue, yes. as it might even be loo roll that yes. she's unwrapping unra- monkey nuts, and they are that? exactly what I that? thought they were. Do you hear that? That's yes, the crack I do. Of a monkey nut. Do you know where I got these from? I didn't know this, and apparently it's an incredibly well-known fact. If you go to a place called Five Guys Named Mo. Oh, I've seen those, but I've never been in one. Well, it's a it's a burger eatery with yes. the dog and the chippen and all that kind of thing. And if you go in there, they have huge mounds of peanuts, Do monkey they? nuts, in a great big box. You can help yourself, Judith. They have wow. these little cardboard trays. Apparently, this is a... Would you like one? Unless you're allergic. No, Don't no, have any. Really. I'm going to have one. Mm. Can you steal in? How easy is it to steal in? Get, get last some night. of those monkey nuts that, without thought, buying yeah, a I burger. Yeah, well, I think it's quite a clever scam you can get going with Five Guys. Yeah, because the other thing they have free is a ketchup dispenser. Right. And a mayonnaise dispenser. Right. Uh, you know, one of those plungy... Th- yeah, are you, I know. Are you, are you, are you going... Where well, I think you're going with that. I could take in a kilner jar and... Um, I could dis- uh, distract them by yeah. doing something very unsociable. Well, you could slip. I could take some of my clothes off. You could, you could slip and <laughs> your clothes could accidentally come off. Well, I don't need to slip. I could just... No, I want you know. to see you slip. <laughs> I want you to... You could slide on and then you could sue them. God, we're going to make a killing. Five guys don't know what's going to hit them. Um, You could slip on a discarded gherkin, right? Yeah. And then, you know, I'll play a sound effect on my phone, which is your hip snapping. They're really distracted by this boy. Okay, okay. A crowd would gather. Somebody would ring 999. I've got Kilner jars. I'm filling them with mayonnaise. Oh, you've already gone up to jars. It's not even one now. It's two. Jars, yeah. And there's a ketchup dispenser and a mayonnaise. Fill those up. And then three... Coke dispensing machine. You have to have. You, you're meant to buy a Coke thing at the at the counter. You know, a you container are. for yeah. the Coke, and then yeah. you can top it up. Yeah. It's made. Yeah, so you can take your own container. I'm not advising that. Obviously, I wouldn't do that, but no. you could if you wanted to. <laughs> this is a place with our name on it, isn't it? Well, do uh, you know? I haven't mm. had a burger and chips for I'd say oh ten years, a good ten years from a, a, ta- a fast food eatery. Yeah. You know, I've had the odd. Gourmet burger, but of a, course, in a gourmet restaurant, yes. or a not pub. a kind of deep but fat fried normal proper. one. Oh, Did you, you like it? It was just now and again, yes. And it, I took my friend Julia out, who says it's going to be her 60th birthday, she'll love me for saying that. And um, I gave her basically a, a birthday treat suitable for a 14 year old girl. I took her out for birth, thought she wants to feel young, I'll show her how to feel young. We'll have burger and chips. And then we went to see Jamie the Musical, which is the ideal, that was the ideal 14-year-old girl's treat. I see what you mean, yes. Yeah. It's, yes. Well, there's no sophistication <clears throat> in the whole thing. Was there a None balloon whatsoever. involved? Any balloons involved? I should have got her a helium balloon with 60 should, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd have speaking. loved that in the theatre. So was it was a theatre full of 14-year-olds? There were a lot of young people in it, yeah, in the theatre, yes, enjoying it, but a lot of, you know, middle-aged, because middle-aged women, they, they like the musicals, don't they? Anyway, um... What else have we got? You've brought a book in, Judy. I have, yes. Uh, I bought this book in called Boulder. It was actually, because we're called Older and Wiser, you see, I thought thought it'd be quite interesting. And I'm obviously rather preoccupied. Oh, for goodness sake, what's wrong with me this morning? I don't know. Preoccupied. I'm going to take you to a speech therapist. (laughs) 
with getting older um, and the problems therein. Um, uh, yes, it's, called, it's, it's by Carl Honoré, who did that book in praise of slow. Do you remember that? No, I don't, I've never heard of oh, it. OK, anyway, we did all that. And it's called Boulder, Making the Most of Our Longer Lives, you see. Right. Well, t- David Bowie and Simone de Beauvoir both said very similar things about getting older, which I think are the kind of, you know, the, 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 the nub of it, really. And they both, well, Simone de Beauvoir said, if there is any point to getting old, it is to become who you really are. Okay, And David Bowie said the whole point of getting old is that you should be whoever you should have been or whoever you really wanted to be. Oh, no, no, I've merged them into one, but you get the idea. It's kind of so it's kind of finding out who it's stripped of ambition, stripped of all the kind of. But uh, I'm not stripped nonsense. of ambition. Well, and I'm not, I've still got all the nonsense going well, on. Well, I know, but you're when a trainee, aren't you? You're a trainee in the older thing. You know, I'm a you're lot not younger than you. Well, and also, I think you're probably uh, going into you're a, bit, a bit of denial going on, isn't there? Really, Might if be. you're honest. Might be, don't know. Uh, but anyway, I suppose, yeah, ultimately, you know, we've got to keep on working until the end, can it, we? But we need to come on to retirement and working. So I think we've both got quite a lot to say about that. You know, he's talked to a lot of people about getting older and, you know, some of the kind of secrets for kind of living longer and everything. I mean, we all know kind of what they are, don't they? It's quite well written. I mean, the you know, exercise <gasps> and eating less and learning new things. and Oh, shagging as well, you know, lots of sex. Until you see, you're, he's a Frenchman, isn't he? He's, what's he called? Carl Honore. Yeah. Is he French? They won't give yes, up on the sex no, thing, the French. And also, Glenn Close, you know, is talking about all that in the papers at the moment. It's about, about her role in the wife because she had that sexy scene. And she's gone all sort of, I've never felt sexier on us. Oh, do you know, it does depress me when older women do that. I I think it's kind of slightly desperate. Mm. And I I hope that there'll be a big hoo-ha with me having said that on this podcast. Maybe that'll all go viral and there'll be a lot of hate mail to the podcast. That'd be great because it means people are listening. True. But I've never felt less sexy in all my life. No, I think I'm well known, or me. And yet the stats say that, you know, I I think, aren't STDs rising quicker in our age group than any other age group? I'm sure they are. They might be in Oxfordshire, but not. South London, love. <laughs> We've got a very good gum clinic down the road. Actually, there's always that. Do you know what? We have got this gum clinic. What gum? Uh, I think gum disease. No, it's no, it's it stands for something. G U N genito urinary medicine. Oh, so when you clinic. see gum clinic, right? I don't think all oh, my teeth are hurting. Might not be. Yeah. You know when they say open they... wide. Yeah. <laughs> Open wide, and you've got your gob hanging open. They go, no, the other, uh, the other bit. Open that wide, please. We want to see you downstairs. Do you think we ever get people there that say, you know, think they've got something wrong with their gums? Yeah, probably. Mm. Idiots. Mm. <laughs> anyway, I think you see what must be happening is that a very few, there must be a few people in our age group because of the statistics who are at it like rabbits. Because, you know, to, to actually be reflected in the stats, must, there must be somebody putting up the stats. I think there's a lot And of the rest lying. of us have forgotten about it. They're talking about Moved rabbits. Uh, since we last met, I have seen The Favourite, the film The Favourite, with oh, yes. Olivia Colman in. Who's like uh, I, I, I very much enjoyed the film, hugely. I thought the performances from the three women were top performances. What else have you seen? Well, I, we've got Brian Lee Kimmings in uh, later, who is a performance artist and uh, uses comedy to great effect, but also a lot of pathos and a lot of reality and a lot of truth. Um, but I have seen now in the last four months four female performers. And in the old days, when I first started out as a female stand-up, you wouldn't have been able to see that. You would not have been able to have seen four individual youngish female performers performing solo shows in 
proper venues. You might, you, you know, you might see the odd woman on a bill in a room above a pub. Yeah. But um, in the last four months, I saw um, uh, Bryony Kimmings at the Battersea Arts Centre, where she's returning. She'll yes, tell I know. I'm about that I'll later. Tickets to get to that. Um, I saw Sarah Millican in a sold-out Apollo, huge arena type. Well, not an arena, but a big, big theatre. Good? She good? Uh, oh, yeah, Sarah Millican, yeah. She, she can just do it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? She's so at ease. She's so comfortable. Um, you know, there's no... With Sarah, you don't get ever get the impression that she could kind of freak out at any minute and kind of go, I can't do this anymore. She's just solid. Uh, and then Louisa Omelon... Uh, who I absolutely adore. And she sort of veers more towards the Bryony Kimming side of things, a little bit more performance arty, not straight stand-up. And then Rose Matafeo, who is a 26-year-old Kiwi girl uh, who uh, has been at the Soho Theatre with her show Horn Dog, uh, which is just funny. She's 26 and she wow. kind of is really impressive because she's as bright as a button and proper funny bones. And it's just so great these days. I mean... Oh, uh, 36 years after, well, actually 38 years since I started in the business, that women now have this platform mm. and are packing the punters in. None of those shows uh, had any spare seats whatsoever. And wow. it was just, for me, I just thought, oh, yeah, we, it's kind of, not the, the work hasn't been done, but a great lump of it has been done. Um, so that's that's my positive. Fantastic! Spin. I think that's hugely positive. Have you done any Marie Kondoing yet? No, but I've got friends who are doing it, and uh, yeah, I, I I can't see the point in it actually. I think you're wrong, Judith. But I don't think that you have much to Marie Kondo because you downsized quite recently. Yeah. So you've done you've done your. I'm good big at chucking stuff away. away. Yeah, 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 and I regret chucking some things away. That's the problem. Do you? Yes. Well, that's quite interesting. Yeah, because... I had a lovely sort of brown fur coats not real fur obviously I don't know why I shut that away I, you know it's still it's still a little, rankles yeah it does I think oh I wish I still had that coat anyway um, but I but I'm in thinking about the Marie Kondo thing because surely the problem with that is that you get everything just so and then and then somebody you know messes something up or puts the cayenne pepper in the wrong bit of the spice thing and all of that so wouldn't that just then be a really you know, your radar kind of thing. I don't move that because I've just got that right. That's the ultimate in control, really. I mean, it is. I, I, I did a mini condo. Uh, the other, I did my, my tops drawer. And then I, I got distracted because as I was condoing, I found my, my box, my teenage box, which contains the essence of the teenage me. I wrote about this in The Independent, so apologies to, for anyone who's uh, read it. Um, what was it like a Blue Peter time capsule type box? It, it was sort of like that, but better. Was it? Well, it? And you'd put in this box all the things that were precious to you. As a teenager, I was so self-obsessed that I curated my present, my teenage present. Very word curating. I curated so, so much a sort it. of exhibition of me. Which Did I put you? in this green box, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was a green box that had once held some Mary Quant um, bubble bath, bath crystals and talc. It would have been one of those Christmas presents. Christmas 1974. Cut a lock of my hair off. You didn't. I did. This is how, this is, I was so convinced that I was going to be something so special that I'd better preserve some of my hair. So I cut a chunk of my hair off, bit bit mouse, I have to say. I've not been that colour ever since. And I wrapped it in sellotape 
And I labelled it with my hair aged 15. Wow. Yeah, I know. So do you think in your head you kind of visualised it being auctioned at Sotheby's or something? I thought there might be a small museum. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah, It might be the centre of an exhibition on Jenny Eglair. Yeah, yeah. a a glass case. Yes, yeah. Yeah. What else was in there? Well, there's um, also wrapped in sellotape for prosperity. Prosterity? Which one is it? (laughs) Prosterity, I think, um, is a sugar cube. From a cafe. Oh, was it wrapped? Was it a sort of um? Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, yes. A sugar cube from a cafe I went called the Monkey, where I used to go to meet boys. Gosh. Yeah. I remember this. Yeah, sort of wrapped little with it. And what did it say on the outside? Did it didn't it... say anything apart from it really? said sugar cube from the Monkey Cafe. Oh, you labelled it. Where I go to meet boys. You labelled it. Obviously, yes. Yeah. Well, everything was labelled. There was a note that I'd passed to a, a schoolmate from underneath my desk saying that I was still going out with Steve the Welder. Wow. So it's a very not, I mean, it's a very carefully curated oh, selection of items, absolutely. this. I'm impressed. It was a lucky yeah. bus ticket. Yeah, a lucky bus ticket. Yeah. There was a thing that we used wow. to do uh, when we're catching the bus uh, from where I live to, uh, to St Anne's, which was, you know, where the, where the monkey was, where I met the boys. Uh, if you're, you got a bus ticket and there were numbers on it, and if they... Added up to 21, it was a lucky bus ticket. And I got one once, <laughs> and I, I wrapped that in tape and it's labelled Lucky 21 wow. Bus Ticket. Yeah. Wow. And then there's a detention slip signed by my late father in his beautiful handwriting. His beautiful, beautiful handwriting. My father had the most beautiful loopy, handwriting. Very loopy. Very loopy, just yeah. very lovely. And, and what did you had, get your detention for? Not wearing a hat. Gosh, did you really? yeah. yeah. And it's this kind of, and I thought, what would Marie Kondo make of that? What would well, she make that's of true. You yeah. see, she would, well that you see that, but that's doesn't that sort of negate the whole process really? Because well, it's, it 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 did spark joy in me. I bet um, it did. Well, it sparked a lot of memories and, and kind of just how terribly desperate I was to be something. Yes, I mean, really, I suppose what you were saying is that you want to be well known. You want yeah. to, do you think that was that's what it was saying? Is I, I think, want to be famous, remembered, important, different. Worse than that. Oh yeah, go on. It was it was basically I had self-diagnosed myself in this box with narcissism. Yeah, you had, hadn't you? Yeah, yeah. it was a box of narcissism. Anyway, listen. Uh, now that I've admitted that, we've got our guest coming in soon, so we're just going to have a little bit of our music. Yippee. I might have a peanut, a monkey nut. (laughs) Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
Can I we do. start the programme? Listen, hold on. Get, press the buttons, Daisy. Press buttons, because we're already peaking. We've got Brian and Kim, so just come in. Right, we've already been hilarious and entertaining and had some interesting stuff out of her, but we weren't recording. Oh, anyway, we are now. So, Brian, I hope you haven't peaked. Oh, Brian Kimmings, I'm going to introduce you properly. Uh, Bryony Kimmings, I have known of you for a very long time. I finally got round to seeing some of your work, your oeuvre, um, at Bassey Arts Centre some months ago with your latest show, which is called... I'm a Phoenix Bitch. Yeah, I could use the word bitch there. Rising from the Flames. Um, we'll go back to the start. OK, for starters, uh, I'm going to describe you. You look very much like I used to look in the mid-90s. I have, in fact, just shown you a, a portrait of myself taken by a photographer that is now in the National Portrait Gallery. Even you must admit, did you go, God, I've copied you. You scared her. stole her look. scared her. I stole her look. Yeah, you so did. I must have wafted past the painting, Yeah, picked up the look and put it onto myself. I'm yeah. ashamed. Yeah, it's a bit Dorian Grayish, isn't it? A bit yeah. freaky, a bit... Yeah, I wish you'd stop copying me anyway. Sorry about that. <laughs> OK, Bryony, tell us, uh, introduce us to your work, how it all started. Oh. You have to go back and yeah. then sort of fill in the gaps for us to how you got to I'm a Phoenix bitch now. Oh, OK, so I started uh, doing turns in clubs in London in the sort of early noughties, I guess. Mm-hmm. Gay clubs mostly, Bethnal Green Working Men's Club, that kind of thing. Playing various different characters and, and making people laugh and trying not to get bottled. That was sort of where it started. Yeah, it was rough in those days. It, it was, was quite, quite rough, rough. And, and sort of, you know, I think I had a meat strip tease and I had a fa- the Fanny song came out of that, which is a song of all the... Hold lip- on, a, a meat strip tease? Yeah. Sorry, you have to tell me what a meat strip, strip tease is. I had this character that, that was like anything. super into like, like, she was like really plastic surgeried. So I had an outfit that had pockets in it sort of like covered in those sort of like lines that surgeons draw all over you. And then out of all these different pockets came different mates. Wow. And then we raffled them. Did so you? This wasn't, uh, this was not traditional stand-up in no, any way, shape not. or form. No, I probably wouldn't have spoken that much. It would have been turns to music or dancing or stupid lip syncs and stuff. Much more queer cabaret, I guess. Very little kind of to... Very little. This is hard for me to put into words because there wasn't much going on before that you could copy. So all this is very new. Yeah, can't, yeah, I guess so. Um, a lot of sort of influence of drag and performance art, really. And can you train to do that? You actually did a performance art I did degree. A degree. Yeah, I did a degree in performance, and so I learnt a lot about feminist performance art and I always wanted to be a performance artist it wasn't that I didn't want to do it just didn't really quite know how to do it so while I was just doing a normal job running a like a venue mm-hmm. a dance venue um I just sort of just tried making small things with my mates I it, it seems quite unfathomable to me because I can't imagine what you would do in a performance art class when you're at college <laughs> what do they make you do I can remember being blindfolded and, and trapped in a room full of broken glass for a, a 24 hours. That was like one of my performance pieces. Which college was oh, this? Oh, it's just stupid. Brunel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to gig there. Of, yeah, it's got this sort of old boiler house that they just gave us the run of. It's amazing. It's a very difficult thing, though, because you have to go the whole hog with yeah. every project, don't you? Yeah. For every project that comes off, how many projects do you allow to fall by the wayside? I never let one to fall by the wayside. because Only because I select them. So, like, so, so after sort of turning on stages and getting bottled, um, I started to want to make 
longer form work mm-hmm. but I make it in a sort of cabaret-esque style so sort of like a one-person cabaret with chat in between really that's all my shows are like that really nothing new there really but um I started to like get obsessed with taboos and kind of anomalies in culture and wanting to talk about things that people didn't really want to talk about and the first show I made was about the uh, chlamydia mm-hmm no one wanted to know when I got chlamydia. I've just explained to Judith what a gum clinic is. She thought oh, it was yeah. too about she dental, she thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. STIs, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I retraced everyone I'd ever shagged because I'd never had a sexual health test before when I was 30. And so I interviewed everyone I'd ever shagged to find out which one of the blighters gave me chlamydia. Yeah, so I guess... <clears throat> For example, that was because I found out I had chlamydia. Mm-hmm. The next time I made a show was because I found my housemate was an alcoholic and she'd not admitted it to herself. And one day she told me that she thought she was only a good writer because she drank so much and she was drinking herself to an early death. Mm-hmm. And um, I promised her that I would prove to her that, that that statement was completely false by going into a controlled drinking situation with seven scientists. While she went into rehab, I went into a alcohol experiment with lots of biomedicine people. Um, um, actually proved that alcohol was really good for creativity. Oh, but um, great. She um, she has that since then been sober for the whole time I've known her since. And you're now a raging alcoholic. And I'm an alcoholic. And she wrote an amazing book, which became, a, I think, a bestseller last year, The Outrun. Oh, the, doesn't she run as well? She, I don't know. Or something about outdoorsy. She's very outdoorsy. She, she was went it Hebrides? To, yeah. Yes, the Isn't girl on the... Amy. Sure, I thought you read Amy, what's her lip, lip trot. trot? That's right. That's a really famous book. Look, yeah, I'm writing her name she's down. She's brilliant. And she, she was, was who I made that show for. Right. Yeah. God, that's extraordinary. Moving she, to the Hebrides is quite an extreme That's what she did though, after she it? left rehab. She moved up there and she got sober wow. and she's now just had a baby, yeah. So that show was in kind of in collaboration she with She owes you... Her life. No, she doesn't. Well, I think she owes ten percent of those profits in the book. <laughs> it's a, you set yourself incredibly hard tasks with every show you do. I mean, they're all incredibly different, yeah. and they're very standalone. It isn't like being a lazy stand-up where you go, "Oh, I'm a bit stuck for ten minutes in this year's Edinburgh show. I'll just dig out that." 10 minutes I did three years ago nobody will know yeah. you can't do that everything is seems to be yeah. completely afresh there was a, another one where you used your niece yeah I used her yeah you used her the slave labour of your niece tell yeah. us about a credible likeable superstar that one was inspired by moving back home and hanging out with my niece who was nine mm-hmm. and it's all a lovely of us, age yeah such a nice age and all of a sudden realised I hadn't been around young people for ages, I'd been in the dark depth clubs of like mm-hmm. gay London, and I hadn't seen a young person probably for a long time. And we sat and watched YouTube together, which is what her favourite thing to do was. And I, I started to get really alarmed by the things that she was showing me. It's like around that time of Miley Cyrus twerking at the VMAs. Got you. It so like it's peak, music videos. Peak music videos, mm-hmm. sort of pornography before the sort of backlash of that which had kind of then mm-hmm. brought in different pop stars that were less sexualized and I was just like oh man and then I asked her if she knew what feminism was and she didn't and I was just like this is all wrong she's learning the wrong she knows things. what twerking is yeah but she, she doesn't, doesn't know what feminism is. um again before pop stars started to talk about feminism I guess um so I said to her, look, if if you invent a pop star that's like the opposite of all this, the antidote to this, I promise you I'll become her and I'll make her super famous. Um, you can be my manager and everything I do will be from the desires and gaze of a nine-year-old child because that seemed to me the opposite of where these pop stars were coming mm-hmm. from, the kind of like 
Manipulated by a middle-aged man. Exactly. So I, um, she came up with Catherine Bennett. The po- <laughs> <laughs> okay. this is Catherine's her favourite name, which is the name she wished she was called, and Bennett was her new That's surname. Very, very funny. And um, she's also a Guardian journalist, so don't get them confused. Um, <laughs> she's a paleontologist by day, pop star by night, and she sings about uh, her favourite food is tuna pasta. That was very important. Had a dog, and um, she wrote songs that were well, things that kids wanted songs about. So we interviewed, shed loads of kids, and visited loads of schools with this pop star. And she sang about the future, and um, she sang about history, and she sang about um, politics and ice cream and. Were you allowing her a completely free reign, or yeah. were you sort of hovering Every, over her? Everything comes from her. And the beauty of that meant that the way this pop star looks is, like, ridiculous. The things that she says are ridiculous, but for some reason that pop star really connected with the young people because she was just, like, it's out of your control, the language of young people. What did she put you in, uh, clothes-wise? It, it, she drew the pictures of what the outfits were like, mm. so the A-line pattern skirts, Lovely. roll necks... Statement necklaces, very curly, um, sort of below the breast, long blonde hair, glasses, and very chunky shoes with leg warmers. So it's very statementy look. And when you performed this show, um, it wasn't for nine-year-olds. It was no. for was it for a mixed audience or was it for primarily adults? So that project is like an example of when I feel more like an artist than a theatre maker. Okay. So the social experiment was to get. Catherine Bennett on the radio mm-hmm. and we got played on Radio 1 um, and to get her three celebrity friends and a, hun- a million hits on YouTube they were the we'd, we only made two, we didn't get a hundred we didn't get a million hits on YouTube but we made five celebrity friends including Yoko Ono we <laughs> and, love um, Yoko <laughs> yeah and um, and we got on the, we got into like a couple of teen magazines as well um, so that's the sort of social experiment side. Then there's the education side of my work, which is going to like over 100 schools and taking the character in there and talking to kids about pop music and media and how they read the media mm-hmm. and teaching them that everything they see isn't as it seems. And then a theatre show, which was for adults, which was about me and my niece getting together and trying to change the world. And that was a sort of fantasy version of, of the story, which was set in a sort of weird, like woodland enclave and your do- your your niece was on stage with you she was on stage the whole time sometimes she was blindfolded sometimes she was um had ear defenders on because i was talking about dirty shit stuff yeah um but she's always there present and it's really important that she's always there present because if you're talking about filth and there's a kid on stage it becomes really powerful and, and potent and there was also a kids show which was like the kids version of that show which was like us talking about Catherine bennett and taking over the world and how kids can take over the world if they want to um and the best bit of that show for me or the most effective part of that show was I'm in the background on the woodland mound and she's in the foreground sort of on near the microphones and we're both dancing to Katy Perry teenage dream and she's made up a dance routine to it which is seemingly very innocent in fact when she does this when she sings the lyric turn you on she actually does the um the action of turning on a an oven you know, like nice. the way I yeah. turn you on. Yeah. And I'm in the background pole dancing. And to, and she can't see me, but I can see her. And the audience can see us both. And I, I found that very a pleasing, satisfying scene. You know, that this child is like turning on an oven and I'm trying to... Yeah. You've reinterpreted it, it yeah. with your and I, I really... Uh, that collaboration was great because she was so beautifully innocent in the scenario. What's she like now? She's 16. She just turned 16 um, about a week ago. She's lovely. She's actually a very lovely person and has benefited from the time. That's what together. I wanted to ask. Yeah. You, it, I think so. Been... Sensible. 
Yeah, and that the, the I mean everything is is for you. It's kind. Of, it seems to be a, a mixture of the very personal and the bigger issues, the sort of gender stuff and the the mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, everything that we're all being subjected to. Uh, uh, another one before we get to the the, the main one that you're uh, about to redo at the Battersea Arts Centre. Five star review in the Guardian. Now you you can't say that because you'd sound ghastly, but I will say it for you. <laughs> um, but uh, there was one where a big turning point in your life, and I don't know how far you want to talk about this, you can mm. just say I'm not talking about it, but there was one with your ex-partner, who's mm. the father of your child, about mm. male depression, mm. where you allowed him onto the stage as well. He'd never been on stage at all before. Mm. Was that uh, something now that you're still very proud of? Are you, la- are you glad you gave him the chance to do that? Or do you think, <laughs> yeah. oh, I was quite generous there. Yeah, no, I'm happy with that show. I liked the fact I was pregnant for a lot of it. I liked performing with Frank in my belly. I loved being pregnant. I liked... I, I When I gigged when I was pregnant, I thought, nobody can heckle me off. No. Surely. <laughs> surely really I am standing it. here seven and a half months pregnant. I am waddling on and off this yeah. stage. I'm doing a ghastly midnight university gig. Everyone is vile. Everyone's pissed. But you can't, surely. No. And did they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, but, and this, as you say, you were pregnant with Frank. Frank um, is a huge part. Frank is your baby. Frank is three years old now. Frank is a big part of the most recent show. Because I haven't seen all your work, but I can only assume is the most rounded, the most, the biggest, the most important piece of work that you've done so far because it does cover so much about depression, about parenting, about the guilt, about motherhood. Tell us some more. So, like, as I said before, it's like whatever's happening in my life, I make shows about. Mm-hmm. So they become all-encompassing. And when Frank was born, he got super ill. I got super ill uh, with mental health problems after Was post- that postnatal depression? I'd say yes. Postnatal anxiety is what my doctor called it, which no one talks about, but I think all women get postnatal anxiety. Mm, Like, I was like, you know, like, I was like mad, but we're all mad once you have a kid. Um, But it kind of. Doesn't go away. No, it doesn't, does it? It sort of slipped into a slight psychosis after Frank got. um, Frank got very ill, and we sort of. Yeah, we um, kind of. He sort of. He got so ill that I thought he might die. And he didn't die, but his life was changed sort of completely, the, tra- the sort of trajectory of his life. And at the time when it was happening, someone cynically said, oh, like, shit, shit life um, experience right now, but, like, can't wait to see the show about it. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah. Um, and I never thought I'd make anything about it. And after it sort of felt like the tide had gone back out and the remains of my life were kind of strewn all over, you know, no home anymore, no partner, a very sick baby, like just absolutely, like totally through the ringer. I realised that if I didn't make something about it, I'd be a real... I'd be a phony. Mm-hmm. Because actually, it's like that. one of the most important things to talk about is female mental health after post-baby and motherhood and the early stages of motherhood and how mental it can be and how traumatic it mm-hmm. can be. Um, and if I didn't make it, then I was I was sort of failing other women. So I decided... You've been a coward, really. Yeah, yeah, and just like... Yeah, coward, exactly. So I said, all right, if I'm going to make it, I want it to be the biggest show I've ever made. Mm-hmm. It needs to be epic, 
needs to be myth-like. It needs to be in a, on a big stage. And it needs a really big budget. There are fairy tale elements to it. It is like yeah. a very. It's a Grimm's fairy tale. You are sort of stuck in this awful forest of postnatal depression. Mm. It's got some of the cleverest uh, technical things I've ever seen in uh, a theatre that oh. are, are still managed to be, uh, stay homemade without sort of costing millions it's not cgi it's not sort of great but there are some extraordinary you hand hold a camera at one point and peer into the uh, a house which is the house that you were living in when everything started to crumble around you Mm. so it's like a doll's house Mm. where you are standing outside at filming in where with a little you and little baby frank Mm. and outside you know we can all imagine the river rising there's this horrible metaphor that you have a stream that is at the bottom of your garden of where you're living that is going to rise and is going to... And that sort of became very much a metaphor of your mental illness Mm-mm. coming up and coming up and eventually it was going to go over your head. Mm. Uh, I, I was um, I was with a, a, a very dear friend of mine, my daughter's nanny, actually, uh, who I had for nine years, who um, had her own mental health issues uh, after a child and... Uh, well, before, actually. Uh, I've never been in a theatre where someone has held my hand so tightly. I mean, there were women crying all around me. Oh, yeah. Sounds incredibly powerful. It is is an incredibly powerful thing. Um, With, as I say, these technical things that I have never seen the like of before, Mm. where you seem to sort of fall down a hole at one point. Uh, I don't know how you do those. Oh, do I you design that. all that? Or? No, me and Will did it. Well, Will's the Will's the video video designer for the show. Is Will's... he someone you've worked with a long time? No, he's not. But he worked for he worked on the Encounter, um, which is Complicité's show before Pacifist. Simon McBurney's wonderful solo, and I loved the film. And when I met Will, I was just like, oh, I'd love to work with him because he's just really sound and really very good taste and like quite neat and mm. you know like lovely man and um so I just said oh I'll have him but no we just get on really well and he and you know I'll say things like I need to be like under the mud and like buried alive and he'll be like okay you know like he wouldn't be like well how will we do that so basically you're coming to to explain the show to people who uh, haven't seen it before you're, yeah. you're coming on stage to tell the story of how a woman reaches the very depths of despair um almost catatonic with psychosis I would say you have got psychosis and how you get out of it and where are you now and where's the show going and what's the next what's happening now it's going back to Batsy which is great how Um, many weeks three lovely oh yeah scary Um, (laughs) it's exhausting for you it's a big old show to do every night yeah I do have a lot of support so that's good Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah there and then Edinburgh and then Australia, Manchester, and then onwards. It'll go for a couple of years, yeah. How, and it, how old is Frank now? So I'm three. just wondering, three. Yeah. So so this period in your life is basically sort of three years ago, it sounds like then, yeah. roughly. And and I'm just really interested in what that process of you doing this extraordinary piece of work on something so difficult, what effect has it had on, you know, I suppose the way that you assimilated it, the way the way that you are now with with motherhood? What effect did it have on you? Doing the show? Yeah. Uh, somewhat detrimental and then sort of brilliantly cathartic. So I had to relive everything, which seemed problematic. Went back on my tablets because it was been quite quite unearthing. And I knew that was going to happen. I also knew I had to do it. So whether I was making a piece of art or not, I was ready to do it. Mm. Uh, and then 
on top of that, I guess, you get the payoff of making something beautiful and doing your job properly. So it's sort of balanced out in the end. But I'm dreading it a little bit going back into it just because who knows what it will trigger. But um, at the same time, I feel like I'm over it now. So anything that does pop up are generally things that you can chat about in therapy and mm. be like, oh, strangely just wept for four hours after that show. And then be like, well, why? You know, and be able to sort of... I kind of treated it a bit like therapy. Um, yeah. And have, and, and have other mothers reacted to it in a way that's been interesting and sort of affirmative? Yeah, I do get a lot of emails generally, but I've had lots of responses from women, especially women who've had very and men. I think that you know, especially men who've had uh, whose partners have had postnatal depression and whose children have yeah. been ill. That sort of terrible, uh, the inability to know what to do yeah. next and how to deal with it. Yeah, I've definitely had responses from men that have been like, "Thank you." I've never been able to see what she went through until now. I haven't been able to, uh, and no one's ever been able to articulate what that was like. It's not a, someone I was sitting underneath the seating bank when people were leaving in one show because I was just like, I love listening to what people say. Mm, I bet. And in Edinburgh, you can hide behind a curtain yeah. and just be like... Mm. And I, one thing was beautiful was that a woman, two women... This is aside from the men comment, but, like, two women that kept kept like pretending to like um, put magic powers on each other and singing one of the lyrics from a song to each other over and over again going I'm coming to each other backwards and forwards all the way down the stairs which I just thought was brilliant and then the second one was that a guy a very angry guy had said to his wife or partner why would you think that I'd like that <laughs> and she went it's a great quote because that's what I went through and he just you could hear him just like Gosh. choke on his words yeah. and it's just sort of walked down the stairs silently together and I thought oh that's interesting that's a long bus ride home yeah, <laughs> yeah. but like a, like a guy came up to me with a profoundly disabled child at a festival over the summer greenbelt and just held my hand for ages and just said I, I, I know I feel my own trauma about our, our son and his disabilities but I've never been able to see what she's been through and now I can Wow, and I was just like, "Yeah, this is a good. This is a good." Oh, you should be so proud. of I that. am very proud. That's all. That's all I do it for. You yeah. know, like really. Well, listen, uh, we're really grateful for you coming in. You've been um, incredibly interesting. I am uh, in awe. Me too, very much so, and I'm definitely going to come see your oh, show. I'd love to come. Yeah, yeah. Well, She'll cry. Oh, my daughters. Oh. I already told my daughters I want to take them. Oh yeah. yes, yes, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be nice. Phoebe's seen it. I think it's incredible. I think it's one of the best things that I've seen in a theatre in London. Uh, for a, a good, uh, probably since one of the first times I saw Complicity, actually. Wow, blimey, that's a good yes. endorsement. Listen I up, know. people. <laughs> I, know, I know my stuff, I know my shit. Okay, listen, we're going to <laughs> let you get back to Hastings. No, Brighton. Oh, Bright- Brighton. <laughs> well, get all the best in Brighton. Brighton's going to be good for you. I can feel good vibes from I Brighton. Brighton vibes. rocks, so they say. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.